Good morning, and welcome to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. I am Tamara McDaniel, and uh, you can join us here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign at the corner of Springfield and Duncan, or phone in at 356-9356-WDWS, or even text us at 351-5357. We have our experts, including Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Marianne, and good morning, Steve Brown. Hey, good morning, Tamara. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, and I'm so excited because... You are pumped. We are into February. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about your skill set here, getting the... The I'm trying to act, system back. I'm up. trying to act calm because last you're time, not. <laughs> last time I was battling technical issues, then I was all hyper when I came on the show. Yeah, yeah but you did great. <laughs> Thank you. You did great. Thanks uh, to the whole team for we, making it happen here. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, we could agreed. be pumped about the sunshine. Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah, or the warmer temperatures. Oh, and it is kind of nice, like you said, to think that January's in the rearview mirror now. It was almost a TDM day. A TDM day? Top-down motoring. Oh, really, Miss Convertible? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Almost. Yeah. yeah. 22 degrees. I'm going to put the top down. Yeah. It wasn't that cold. <laughs> it wasn't? No, not when I was driving here. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. No, actually, it did feel nice and warm because you had the sun. Oh, that sun feels fabulous. It makes all the difference, the doesn't it? It really yeah. does. Yeah. feels mm-hmm. great. And sp- not having the winds that are... Making the wind chill 45 below. Are the rains this week going to be heavy or lighter? Do you know? I don't know. I hope they're not I'm too trying heavy, to remember. Because I can't imagine where that water is going to go. It's going to flow uh, around. <laughs> not down, around. So if you're saying if the ground wasn't frozen before, it sure is now? Well, it yeah, it's pretty darn yeah, pretty yeah. darn frozen uh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you re- did you read about the the uh, snow quakes? Is that what they called them, or cold quakes? I did. Um, I did not. Uh, what was it called? They were interesting. I'm trying. They were cold quakes. Cold or quakes. S- yeah, or snow quakes. Either one, maybe works. I can't remember what they said now, but that was such an interesting phenomena. It, did you hear it? Yes, I did. I <laughs> think that explains what I heard too. It did. I didn't pay any attention to them. It's like when when in a what, like exactly what we had uh, we had a lot of rain um, just before it got really cold and saturated into the ground and then temperatures dropped really radically mm-hmm. uh, and that caused the expansion just like you would think about in pots mm-hmm. and uh, forcing the ground out and up in whichever direction and uh, causing the sound kind the of sounds- making the ground kind of pop open in cracks <laughs> Steve doesn't believe it's like does a little he? earthquake, but they were they were cold quakes. <laughs> he's not di- he's not believing it. I don't think. Oh, that's so funny. Well, I I heard them, uh, and I didn't know what they were. So my first thought was, oh no, tree branches falling on the roof. Oh, for sure. I'm thinking cars hitting each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, even at, and it happened at night when it was the coldest. I remember hearing a few noises, and I, I'm just yes. thinking, well, it's the, I can hear trains sometimes. Um, and that's they're pretty far away from my house, but I can still hear them. If the wind's right, the atmosphere's right, you know, or, or collisions or car doors slamming, all those kinds of noises, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't even think anything about them. So I, I, probably that's what I heard. 
I think a lot of people are saying that same thing. I heard something weird and I thought it sounded like fill in the blank. Yeah. (laughs) And then the next day come to find out that, yeah, they were. And here's Steve Brown just like, (laughs) he's not believing us. You totally missed out, dude. It was really cool. I did. I I feel somewhat empty. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and here I was going to give you a t-shirt that said, you know, I survived the Arctic blast. Cold quake. And all I got was this uninsulated t-shirt. Nice. (laughs) Thank you. Nice. <laughs> I'm over the polar vortex. Something like that, yeah. I'm so over. Oh, so over it. Polar <laughs> vortex. So, Marianne. So what? With this cold weather that we just endured here. <laughs> did you find yourself with a cold cup of coffee or warm cup of coffee and bundled up and starting some planning Heck yeah. in the garden? Are you kidding? Of course I did. Know, that's what yeah, we were going to talk a little bit about today. And uh, it would have been planning? the perfect weather just to say, this is totally stay right inside time. and stare outside through yeah. the windows and Look think out. about it. Mm-hmm. It's time to look out, yeah. Or like thumb totally through a garden magazine and then try to picture what you're seeing there out in your yard. I have a stack of gardening magazines that must be about 10 inches tall, which is, that's just one month. <laughs> it's, it's just that time of year. You just start looking at them and looking at them again and again and again. Yeah, It's time. So, hmm. you've probably been inspired to do different things in your garden, planning or, or working with other people. A whole bunch of different ways, I assume. Either some been some sort of external stimulation, whether it's been a magazine spread article or something like that. Oh, I might want to try that. Yeah. Or it's been internal, more where you're just reflecting on a space. Yeah. Or how you might want to use it. Um, do you find that you get more things going on one way or the other? Or oh. how how's it work for you? Oh, for sure. You know, I, I think I mentioned to you that I was doing a presentation for a group in, uh, next month. And so I've been doing research. And the photographs that I come up with, you know, when you're looking for plant uh, pictures and information, mm-hmm. you get a lot of stuff. Oh, it's just kind of been overload. And, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. I've gotten all sorts of new ideas. It's like, how can I implement that? Oh, I could do that in this corner. It, it just keeps going on and on and on. It's It's almost like a total remake every year. I yeah. just can't do that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I can see that, but it's fun to think about it, and you know, it doesn't. Even if you see like a whole landscape, and I do this when I go to uh, plant conventions all over the country, just fabulous gardeners everywhere. You walk into a garden, and, and people, I hear people saying the same things I'm thinking. I've got to start over. I'm going to go home and dig everything up because look at this garden that I'm standing in. I want to do this in my backyard. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That's just impractical. You can't do that kind of thing. You, you walk into a garden, even if you take just one little tiny vignette home with you in your mind and, and implement that, that's that's what gardening's about, is sharing ideas like that. But uh, it's so impractical to think I'm going to start all over, <laughs> even though you want to. Even though you want to. Yeah. But at the same time, you can compare what you want to have and what you have uh-huh. and then see where you could start implementing a little thing here and there. Yeah. So or th- thumbing through magazines. You don't have to be out in somebody's garden, just magazine pictures. Wow. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's fun. Fun stuff. I agree. <laughs> or even like strolling through images online. Oh, okay. you know, that may be worse too. because there's even more there. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> But I, it's it's educational for me, though, because then I can see, you know, like the, what's in a family, uh, uh, you know, different, you know, plants that are related to each other, but yeah. slightly different. And so um, have you ever taken I want to have one plant 
and gone down a slippery slope where, right. where this one plant's caused a whole redo or a whole project in of itself to accommodate one individual plant. True, true confessions here. <laughs> I know. True confessions. Absolutely. And I'm not talking about just, oh, yeah, I'm going to put a plant in the hole. I'm talking about redoing a space or creating a space Absolutely. from scratch because Absolutely. it all started with one plant. Yeah, and usually it's a tree or shrub. Something really substantial that you're not going to move around or that is going to be a real focal point or something. Yeah, absolutely I have. Hmm. More than once. What about you, Steve? Yeah. Have you? Yeah, but I'd say that's probably been more a modification of existing areas for that where it didn't, it swooped in and all of a sudden it needs to swoop out because I need more space. And that bed or that bed needs to expand or, you know, there's an extra curve put in that wasn't originally planned or... Or something like that, more so. I I have a big oak tree in my front yard. The canopy is seventy feet wide. Oh, I mean it's wow, huge old oak tree. So you have an, a shade garden in the front. Right, it's really hard to have <laughs> grass under it. But oh, there's bad. some, not much. Oh, okay. some. But it's a great place for Japanese maples on the edge, and that's one place oh. that I did that very thing. I remember finding this Japanese maple and thinking, I just gotta have that. Then I get home and where, where am I going to put it? <laughs> so everything, the roll started and a new bed. Yeah, it just, that's, yeah, that's happened. Absolutely. Speaking of Japanese maples. Yeah. Uh, obviously the temps that we had, I don't know what the official low was. Minus 17 week. is what I heard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So any ability to project damage to some of these somewhat tender guys that we might have in our yards? I, I don't know how I could project absolutely, but I can I can only think that because there were heavy winds also. So wind chills were in the minus forties and blah blah blah. Right. I mean that doesn't even make any sense to me. I don't after it gets down to below twenty seven degrees I don't it's all the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Just cold. Yeah. I, I think there's gonna be like a a lot of tip and top dieback. On a lot of things. And otherwise, otherwise bud damage um, to some things, too. Probably. Yeah. But you won't know until they don't open up. Exactly. Or if they open up, they open up. And, and evergreens the same way. Broadleaves and needled evergreens, I think it's going to be the same thing. You know, you're going to, as it starts warming up, you're going to start seeing damage from these uh, colds. And the, yeah. only th- and the only thing we have going for us is we've had so much moisture. Yeah, that has been prior to the cold snaps and during the cold snaps and when it thaws out here over the next few days and you know the plants can certainly take up some more moisture. Yes, and, that's exactly right. And and hopefully repair. And some snow cover almost always during the cold periods, which we, we talked a little bit last week also. It makes a, a huge difference. In so giving it insulation. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. And of course adding to the moisture then later on once it melts this weekend. As it melts. <laughs> Yay! Yes. So another planning question for you. Do you put more effort into planning when it's a bed or an area in actually in the ground versus pots and containers? Do you do one do you do pots and containers more on the fly or do you put as much thought into those ahead of time as you might the ground? That's a tough one. Yes and yes. Uh because sometimes I, I have, well, again, like trees, I have a number of trees in, in containers. And you have to give that a, a thought ahead of time 
not only about how to put it in your container, what it's going to look like in a particular container, but if you decide to put something under it, because you've got the thriller. Right. So there's, there's a lot of a little bit, because it's to winter things over in containers, trees and shrubs, but you have to protect more, so you have to think about where you're going to put them in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. if, if it's a container just to leave out. So it's, there's, yeah, there's a little more thought going into some containers, but then the ones that are just fluff and tropicals, you know, those are like, when we get them in, I think I need that. I gotta have that. How much has your style changed over the years? Hugely. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. How about I mean, you, Steve? Um, I think a lot of the basic stuff, as far as maybe uh, spatial relations and texture and just a general overall feel, I think is probably still there, but um, probably become a little bit less traditional over time, maybe. Yeah. Um. You know, what was important to me once before, maybe not as important, sure. if, if you will. Yep. Um, and, and, and I think that's, you know, natural in almost anything we do. Yeah. You know, you mm -hmm. change and you evolve and you hopefully you grow and, and you learn more. Um, but I think in terms of balance and just just overall what feels right, you know, I think the core is still there probably. Absolutely. I, I think my big, biggest change is that I've realized that less is more. Yes. Instead of having 40 pots sitting on the ground all over my property, I have 20. Okay. They're just larger, bigger. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, <laughs> ones that you've really become attracted to versus, oh, that's a pretty pot, I'll just grab it. Th this year. Right. Yeah, this year. But, and understanding the difference between, you know, like a, a cluttered look or just a nice clean. Yeah. I think that's what Steve was talking about. Um a little more sophisticated style, uh, maybe a little more contemporary rather than traditional. Those kinds of changes, I think, are maybe not inevitable, but they seem to be. In my case, I, I, I think that's true. And certainly Steve has said in his case, too. And, and I think, you know, behind most of it, it's still about creating spaces. The spaces that you can enjoy, spaces that you find relaxing, that you want to look at, that you want to sit in, whatever it might be. Pockets, if you will. Yeah that um, you get a sense of them from one perspective and you maybe can see something in the distance, but then as you walk through the garden or you walk into spaces, you're invited into those spaces. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's still kind of what it's all about. Yeah, it's a, a, a design principle that this should be a part of every garden. It's an invitation. Oh, I need to go over there. Or it's beckoning you. Come hither. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. I was interested to see that there uh, there are garden trends each year, and I haven't had the opportunity to look up the garden trends that uh, we can look for in 2019, but seeing as you guys go to these trade shows and uh, you're such experts here at Prairie Gardens, what would you say are some of the trends that are going to happen this year? Trends? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Or what's coming think, around to be popular again. <laughs> I, those those are, it's just, it's a spin. 
that people use to advertise? Yeah, I think it's more marketing based than it is actually. Yeah. It, it, we're going to create a trend. Yeah. Okay. That's what I would tend to think about. I a think that's bit right. So. so, yeah, there was uh, putting uh, vegetables into your perennial beds, you know, gr- the the integration of that. But, like, who hasn't done that forever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it was a big deal. It's been a big deal for a couple of years now. Books written about it, you know, that kind of thing. Or or gardening in the shade. Well, I'm sorry, but people have been gardening in the shade forever. <laughs> um, it, but it's it becomes, it's just a, a cyclical thing about what are we going to write about this week or this year. Okay. That I makes think. sense. That's my perception. Right. Yeah, and I think, and, and often they create the same thing out of colors. And oh, say, sure. oh, it's going to be coral, or oh, this year it's going to be whatever. And so, yeah, what's the color this year? I think it is in that coral salmon. It color. is coral. Yeah. It's, um, oh. was it called lively coral or something like that? I forgot about that. That's right. I don't remember the name of it. But, yes, it's supposed to be like a coral. It is coral. Yeah. It's just a, a really strong coral. It's very pretty. Finally, I yes, we have we have people who shop here that that's like one of their favorite colors. Mm-hmm. So that works out well. Beautiful. But then you yes, know, it does. you know that's funny. The color is, has such an impact. You know, in, in uh, studying landscape design, it has the most impact of uh, the senses. Color does. Really, and, and that's true inside and outside both. But um, I think one of the most interesting classes I, I took one semester was um, a color theory. And I thought I knew all about color because, you know, I had done all this stuff and written catalog copy describing colors and stuff. But, oh, my gosh. Colors, really interesting. Yeah? Really interesting. That's a huge impact. So it's something you need to think about. I think, like Steve was talking about, um, textures and forms and uh, that kind of, those design trends, colors are such an important part of it. Right. Reminds me, uh, anybody who I've known, my cousin and my mother taking the art class there's uh-huh. an art class at parkland where you learn colors uh-huh. and oh they said it is just really hard you know just yeah, challenging think, i oh, guess sure you think well phew, it's going to be like yeah color yeah, yeah, yeah i know color. red yellow blue <laughs> <laughs> what's the difference between scarlet and crimson it's yeah it's not that kind of a study at all so it's really interesting okay yeah all right. So getting back to the color being uh, coral this year, if we were to go with like a monochromatic uh, garden or just some nice coral pieces that we could put next to, I mean, really, you can put coral next to whites and pinks and purples. Yeah. Ooh, purples. Ooh. That would be stunning. Oranges. Blue. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So what types of things would could I could I go and and get for that coral look. Well, I think we're going to have to color. probably agree to blend in salmon and coral together. Oh, for sure. Because it's not going to be as cut and dry, maybe. Um, and you could err on, on some of the salmons that are a little bit deeper, if you will, and not too blush or not too light. Okay. And then, so I think it's still going to come back down to sun or shade and then size. Um, and I think you're going to find most things in the annual family are going to hit it. There's a, a few salmon or coral-colored flowers on, on some of the perennials, but you start to get pretty limited um, when you when you look at perennial flowers. Tropicals, on the other hand. Tropicals, on the other <laughs> hand. Did you think you found a few out there? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we could have coral indoors right now. 
maybe. Uh, not maybe. so much. Not so much. <laughs> we could look for it. There's, I think we got we got some bloomers in this yesterday, I think. Last night. Some flowering um, houseplants. There, there's an azalea over there that could come very close wow. to coral. Nice. Very close. Beautiful. And I, I don't think, it's certainly not in the coral family, but while we're talking about some of those things that came in, there's some anthuriums over there. <laughs> with a with a deep pink reddish uh, spadix yes uh, flower bracked around it, and they're planted in a tall glass cylinder that's flared. Oh, it's um, got gravel and soil in it. It is stunning. Oh, they're fabulous. That's exactly the word. It yeah. really is stunning. I mean, it, it is. You know, not... They're time for as a Valentine's gift, but you know, talk about a house plant that could literally, you know, be blooming for over a year or more just on those existing flowers and you'll keep sending some more out there that's it and the scale is nice too because you have the the tall beautiful flowers but then this very tall vase that they're bare that they're planted in and you can see the layers of uh you know like charcoal it's rock, as much a part of the, you know, the design as the flower is yes yeah. it is let's go ahead and go to the phone lines yay and talk to Susan from Savoy. Good morning, Susan. Hi. Hi. What can we do for you this morning? Well, I don't know the name of the plant, but um, I have a house plant, and I know it gets white flowers on it, um, usually a couple times a year. But the leaves are turning real black on one side. They're green on one side, but black on the other. So I'm wondering if I need to add something to it. It's never happened before, uh, I, but I don't know. Maybe it's not enough sun. I don't know. How large is the leaf? It's a big, uh, say that again. How large is the leaf? Oh, they're probably about five or six inches, I think. And you're saying they're turning black on one side. You mean on one side of the plant or just on one side of the leaf? Oh, just one side of the leaf. Mm-hmm. If you could bring some pieces in, obviously, we'd have a much better chance of uh, being able to tell you exactly what the problem is. But okay. as far as discoloration, yeah, you can see it for one reason or the other, but when it's on one side of the leaf, more so than yeah, on another, it's very weird. Yeah. Um, to me, I'm wondering if it's almost um, where you have an insect problem and you have some sap and you have some um, dust and dirt that's accumulated in the sap, even. Um, okay. So it, might be a unfortunately it could be a scale problem or something else and you are seeing a symptom that's um of that but if, tell you what if you could bring a few leaves in I, I think we could nail it pretty easy for you okay all right well, um what times are you guys there i'm trying i'm stuck in a car wash so i'm trying to get myself <laughs> good for uh, you it's a good day for a car wash yeah <laughs> i think as long as you okay. can get here by Get here by five, you'd be okay, and Linda could diagnose it for you, or Marianne, or Jill. Okay. okay well, I appreciate your help. Thank you. Well, thanks Ooh, for calling in, Susan. Okay, I'm gonna hang up. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <Okay>. Focus. <laughs> three five six nine three nine seven. Plant experts live at Prairie Gardens. It's interesting that you went for uh, insect or disease. Because I thought it might have something to do with the indoor dry heat or being near a heater. Well, the, the reason I think it's an insect problem and it's just a, a symptom of it is because it's on one side of the leaf. And so if it's not 
top or bottom and scattered throughout whatever. I just think there's a good chance it's going to be something like that where there's um, been a bug, some bugs feeding on it and some sticky sap residue, and then that's... Okay. I I could be wrong, but I think once we see some leaves in person. Yeah. Hearing that, though, it makes me want to clean off my houseplant leaves with, like... Just what, like a light soap, or yeah, if I just wanted some to, dishwashing detergent would be fine. Just a, a light mix of it, and okay. get a rag. And doesn't hurt to do that this time sponge. of year. It's yeah. it's part of the scouting process, you know, checking to see if there's anything going on. Obviously, she found something going on. Obviously, but yeah, wiping it off that's one way to cut back the population of whatever it is. Certainly, okay, good. Well, and also wiping off the dust that might oh, have accumulated. The dust? Yeah. No, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Just, I, I wait till spring and set them outside and let the rain take care of it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I want to talk, talk a little bit more about planning. So planning in the garden, I mean, if you're talking about the, the whole property or the whole space, I mean, they start, they'd say, hey, Consider what your uses are going to be, what you want to get out of it. You need to have a recreational area. Do you want to have a relaxation area? Do you want to have a garden, like a vegetable garden or a fruit garden? Do you want to have, you know, what do you want to accomplish um, in the design? That's probably some of the hardest parts of uh, design It's figuring out what it is you want and need. Right. And then where you can place it based upon either convenience and sunlight factors. I mean, obviously, you're not going to grow a a vegetable or a fruit garden in a shady spot in your yard. If that's really important to you, you have to take into consideration um, sun, number one, and probably water source, number two. Mm. Um, You know, whether it's a matter of running a hose over to it or whether you could put an outdoor spigot in in that area or or if it's near, near the house in a spigot or something like that. But I think you just have to start to make a checklist of of what's going on now most people have uh, a yard that is existing and they could modify what's there uh, certainly and so the, some of the same principles would would come into play Absolutely. Um, and say if you want to have some vegetables or fruit or some herbs and you don't have space for a garden or hey where my sunny spot is it's just not convenient but i've got a smaller space up by the house you could consider that you could consider container gardening for herbs and and some vegetables and some things like that and and make it work that way too so there's a bunch of different ways to go yep probably not um maybe a slight resurgence but probably not too much consideration for clotheslines anymore like there would have been in the past and uh, some functional areas I, I like think that you're probably not wrong oh yeah <laughs> what an interesting thought if i wanted to put a clothesline up what are some things i should keep in mind i need sun i need and I don't want to hurt the trees that I or whatever I would. Right, you could have a couple posts off. on the ground, or you could attach it to the house, or you could have a, a retractable line that's you know oh. to a fixed point, so you don't close line yourself when you're on the lawnmower, uh, yeah, kind God. of thing. Uh, so I could totally see myself doing be interesting. that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, there's. I don't think it's a big thing, but I think there's something to be said for um, people wanting that. Sure. Because, hey, I'm not going to run the dryer. I'm going to mm-hmm. save a little electricity. I want the smell of, of the outdoors because yeah. there's really nothing better than than that compared to... Uh, you know, it's more green footprint. Yeah. I actually yeah. had a neighbor that, well, they just moved, but they always hung their clothes out 12 months of the year. No. Yes. How, 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 I don't know. <laughs> 
I'm just thinking, I watched on TV a weatherman had like a, a, a wet shirt that he put on a hanger, hung it out in the frigid temperatures, and boy, in no time, he it was just stiff oh, as sure. a board. Sure. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I'm the opposite. I would rather, at that point, put my clothes in the dryer just to heat them up again. Yes, sir. <laughs> I think you'd Forget have about to. wrinkles. <laughs> I, I think you'd have to for sure. And then, you know, where you're going to place decks or patios or, again, outdoor, outdoor living spaces. Yeah. Again, that kind of goes back to the pockets or the, the different parts of the yard that you want to. Do you need recreation area for children? You know, you're going to put up a badminton net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of things to consider. Croquet. Croquet, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a, uh, lots of things to consider. Now's the time to think about it. You know, what kind of space do I actually need? Everybody needs something different. And low maintenance. <laughs> I, in, well, I'm sorry. I, Is that just I, me talking? I, I, you know, I wish <laughs> I wish I had a penny for every time I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Oh, it's yeah. There's low maintenance is possible. There's no maintenance isn't. Isn't possible. No. Yeah. Unless you want that just. Wild, overgrown, natural. What natural people, There's look. people that like that too, you know. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. So, <laughs> you got anything you want to plant particularly? That I want to plant? Yeah, this year. Anything I, on your hit list? I'd like I'd like to have a bachelor jackmanii, but it won't grow here. Why? Because it's too warm. Oh, come on. Yeah. It's too warm here? Yeah. It's a birch. It's, it's um, what do they call it? It's a common name. It has the whitest bark of any of the birches. The, the big down, downfall is that it's uh, susceptible to the, the weevil, the beetle. Bronze birch borer. Yeah, bur- bunch. yeah, that one. What are they native? Where are they native from? Um, in native the Himalayans. To? Oh, I believe is what I read. But they're really beautiful. There's some really stunning photographs. In gardens, but they're usually in gardens in um, Great Britain and the northwest coast and places where it's really moderate. Yeah. And it doesn't get Cooler incredibly hot. Cooler isn't as hot and nasty as we'd yeah. have in the summer months. So that's it's, it's somewhat difficult. true of any birch, really. But it prob- that's probably right, yes. I mean, r- there's a bazillion river birch around here, and most of them do quite well. But yes. certainly when we have the hot, dry summers... They suffer. And they're much less susceptible to the birch borer, too. Oh, absolutely. Hugely. No question about that. So, you know, it's kind of silly to plant a tree that you know is susceptible to some kind of a pest that we have prevalent in the area. So it's okay. That's what I'd like to have anyway, but I'm not going to do it. And then get to be pretty big if you were successful in growing it. Yeah. So if, that would definitely if, if, if. Yeah. have a footprint on your yard. Yeah. I'd probably do it in a container. Huh. Okay. Well, and there's something to be said about that. So I probably would only encourage you to do it then because you could position the tree where it was protected from some intense afternoon sun. Oh, for sure. So it didn't heat up as much. Um, You certainly could wheel it into a protected area in the winter. I I think it should happen. I don't think so. Come on. Please. (laughs) Please listen to this. So let's talk about your yard. Yeah, what's the one so plant th- that was really pulling your attention lately? Yeah, uh, not, none. Oh, please. Uh, no, I, I, I'm still in a. <clears throat> I need to put some more thought into uh, the front area in terms of a concept or what I'm going to do, and that would include uh, 
how much might be um, either an enlarged raised planter. Oh, neat. Or planters. Yeah. Or or how much, and, and then and then have some turf up to that. Um, so again, it wouldn't be very conventional. Um, but I'm also considering maybe having some of that look with some bench seating in between the planters. Nice. Um, to create more space, you know, pockets uh, for lingering, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've got to get some serious uh, doodling going here. Seating areas, yeah. It's time to plan. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think about it before I start to put pen to paper. But oh, yeah. um, I think at some point, much less apt to make a mistake, much more apt to get it close to being right. If you are, can put pen to paper then and make sure you have the spatial part figured out. Kind of a double check on yourself. The, and, you know, it's it's not that you put all this stuff on paper. You get out there in the spring and you start digging and looking around and it all changes. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can, the best laid plans, you know. It's all right. It, you still have this creative thing going on. Mm-hmm. And, and it still it's, brings you some focus. Exactly. If and it's else. not just about um, ornamental gardening. If you're vegetable gardening... Mm-hmm. which can be ornamental also, but vegetable gardening takes planting also. Uh, you don't want to have pole beans that are shading all the rest of your garden. You know, you have to think oh. about where you place them. Uh, your tomato trellises also. And thinking about moving tomatoes around in your in the, your garden plot. But it's good to actually kind of draw it out and space it so you know that you only need five plants, not 15. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> or that you can only grow five plants, not fifteen. Yeah, right. <laughs> may need the fifteen, but I may not. No have matter space how to grow. many free plants you may get, <laughs> <laughs> pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't want to have to take care of all of them. <laughs> but you know, this is the perfect time to do that. You know, just drawing a, a square or rectangle or whatever size your or shape your. Uh, vegetable garden is going to be uh, coming and looking at these seed packets that's inspiring enough just looking at these seed packets but then you know looking at the seed packets I tell you everybody every year read the packets it gives you almost all the information you need except how much water to put on them so you know you you, you look at it and it says the, the uh, projected growth is going to be 10 inches wide 3 feet tall that's you know it's easy to fit that into a space Hmm. Or thinking about how to plan that into your spaces. But the height is as important as the width. So if you have something that's going to be really tall, don't put that on the west side of your garden so that it shades everything else. Okay. Put it on the east side? East or north. Okay. And let the lower things, the sun won't hit as much. Or, yeah, you know, or, exactly. You know, you can kick over it. But and, and during the during the true growing season, it, it takes something pretty tall to really cast a shadow on a bed. Yeah, yeah, it does. Or, or you can actually maybe want that shadow. You know, maybe you've got some rhubarb or something else that would like a little bit of protection from the west sun or the yeah. midday sun. Maybe you would want to plant that in a little bit of a shadow of a of a you know an asparagus bed or some pole beans or cucumbers or something like that too, just to give it a little bit of a break. So you can use it to your advantage too. Okay. Are you growing horseradish? You know, I I currently do not have horseradish. Okay. Um, it's something that needs to come back into existence, but um, I want to make sure I know where it's going to go, where I'm not going to resent it. Oh, for sure. Uh, That's yeah, why I asked. It's much like mint. Oh, um, it spreads. Yeah, it's very aggressive. 
and which is which is fantastic for me to be able to enjoy it and use it and harvest it standpoint. But it also is a consideration for taking over and becoming a nemesis for plants around it. If people with small yards, small gardens, probably best to keep it in a container that doesn't have any holes in it, <laughs> because it'll just uh, creep out of any kind of thing. No kidding. It's, it's a pretty vicious uh, plant. Huh. It's as nice as I could put it. it. And it is quite a lot like mint, but both of them are great plants, you know. Horseradishes. Horseradish and, and mint. And I'm mint. just from a spreading standpoint. So both of those things are, are, are really nice things, but just as being aggressive in the garden, they're both very. Yes. Mint, I'm familiar with being aggressive. I, Yes, I've seen it done. I've seen it happen couple times now in the yard not to my doing though <laughs> somebody else's problem huh yeah exactly well while we touched upon earlier uh we just started to some of the items that you have new in the store this week um did is there anything that we missed because i know we had the uh, a phone call and it kind of just kind of stopped the flow there but i did see you have so many fabulous orchids up here. Well, we've got the promo going on now where you what buy a $50 Prairie Gardens gift card and you yeah. get a $20 orchid free. Yep. That's up there. So that's going on now yep. through Valentine's Day. I may do that for myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How could you not? Seriously. Yeah, you don't have to wait to have somebody give it for you. Just <laughs> buy it for yourself. I mean, you get a $20 thing with a $50 gift card. Yeah, which kind I'll of spend a, anyway. So. Kind of a no-brainer. How many orchids do you want, huh? Um. And I think you can buy a lesser gift card. I think you buy a $25 one and you get a free papyrus, papyrus card. Yeah, or you could, so you could cards. say, hey, I'm going to buy a, this $25 gift card and a $50 gift card. And you've got the papyrus valentine's card and yep. the free orchid. Yep. Keep the orchid for yourself. Give yep. the valentine's card away. Yeah. Or vice versa. Keep yep. the $50 gift card for yourself. Give the $25 gift card away. <laughs> this is that's a tribute to Ed Kelly there. Get it all figured out. <laughs> Valentine's Day, that's right. Yeah. Oh. This, is, this is February second, so that gives you a clue. Uh huh. So yeah, about two not weeks. that far away. Two weeks. Wow. Okay. No, it's the time of year where uh, new stuff is rolling in. Literally daily. Yeah, daily. So right and left. Oh, how exciting! So whether it's in the garden or whether it's in the spring floral or a boutique or you name it. Stuff's rolling in right and left. Last week, the, the fabulous shipment of houseplants that we got in. Yes. I, I don't know that we've had this many houseplants in February. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Ever. You've got a fabulous it's selection just, They're there. just it's everywhere. It just feels so good. to walk around. Yeah. And, oh, that's right. You even had to bring some up front because yeah, you ran out of room back there. Yeah, because we didn't have room in the houseplant room. Oh, we got in those, um, those pots, the chunky pots, kind of a concrete... Um, Kind of an industrial look? Uh, almost a hypertufa look. Uh, almost hypertufa look, yeah. In three or four different sizes that are just jam-packed with succulents. They're just gorgeous. I don't know if you got back to look at them, Tamara, but they're just inside the houseplant room. They really are lovely. I, I saw all the succulents, yes. Yeah, they're just... I don't know what a hypertufa is, but... A container that's made with concrete and peat moss, and oh. it's kind of porous and lightweight-ish. Okay. Ish. All right. But yes, the the, the selection of succulents, fabulous yeah. back there. It this makes me think of, you know, I, w I would want to put several different ones in and just make a container. Sure. Again, for indoors. Or just take five steps over and you already have a container made. 
right there. Yes, <laughs> this is true. Right here. Put together by professionals. So you don't have to worry if you gave it enough soil or not. Or whatever. <laughs> or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. The cacti that you have, too. Oh, we mentioned yeah. the succulents, but you're, you have such a big, colorful selection yeah. of cactus. Yep. That. It's just it's kind of fun to watch people. They can't help themselves touching it. Cactus. And they, you know, they're going to leave thorns in your finger. Well, depending on how <laughs> but hard you just you're can't help touch yourself. It, you just got to see. Sure. Is that really you sticky? Just brush your fingers. Yes. It, you know, it's texture. Sure. Yeah, texture and pain. Those <laughs> things go together, don't they? <laughs> they do indeed. And then a uh, big, fabulous selection of fairy garden items. And uh, and like you said, the boutique has a lot of new things in store. Well, just a, good, just good, a good day to get outside when you've been cooped up and yeah, for sure. come see some new stuff that will remind yeah. you that we've got some hope coming up here in the next couple of months. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, has anybody heard of Punxsutawney Phil saw a shadow today or not? It's Groundhog's Day. I don't. Nope, I don't pay attention. It's I don't. Groundhog Day. I don't. I was going to keep repeating it? that like a Bill Murray movie. No. <laughs> if, if, if he were here, we'd just have six more weeks of winter. Yeah, that's what I've heard, that it's probably just going to be six more weeks of winter. So, I would, I would right. take only six more weeks of winter oh, after last sure. year. You know, I think we only have uh, four weeks, maybe five, but I think it's four to uh to uh, for the time change to set the clocks ahead really? spring forth. Really? Yeah, it's the wow. I believe it's the first weekend of March. Wow. Yeah. That's I always that find far. that like uplifting, you know. <laughs> is it? Okay, yay. <laughs> it's about time. Okay, it'll be darker again it is earlier, about time. but it's all about time. Yes, it is. I'm excited right now just that Thinking about it. you can still see sunset at like quarter to six. I know. Isn't that fabulous? It really is. <laughs> so one more comment on the planning yeah. uh, for the garden. So if you guys haven't, listeners have any questions or thoughts or ideas and need a hand, it's a lot easier to come out in the month of February or even early March and get some ideas and say, oh, hey, sure. what would you think about this? So take some digital pictures, uh, measure, get some dimensions of an oh. area. Uh, Hopefully be aware of the sun pattern and how much sun or how much shade it gets, especially during the late April, September period of time. Um, and as plan, you get the, the plants or planning it out, getting tips from the experts. What should I watch out for? Well, should I keep in mind? Yeah. And it's... So have some plants, and then you can do research and say, oh, I think I'd like this better. I like that better. Are finally here. You can just say, "Add to design." Yeah. But uh, again, between the crew here, we can help you give all kinds of great ideas. And and again, I I'm a firm believer that uh, a lot of these great landscape ideas are readily available and instantly recommended. That you don't have to labor over it. I think you can get a lot of real good ideas in a in a quick period of time. Okay, that's true. And keep in mind, it's your yard. You don't have to follow like a set of rules. Exactly. It doesn't have to all be Japanese or traditional Every or rule is meant industrial. To be Every rule. There you go. So yeah, I like do that. it. All right, do it. Great. Thank you, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you.
This has been Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens with plant experts Marianne Metz and Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our producer is Blake Landa, and our uh, engineer is... Ed Bond. A big thanks to him for his assistance this morning. A podcast of this show will be made available later today at WDWS.com, as with previous shows. Have a wonderful weekend.